You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. This message series on living life in the kingdom of God. And we want to put an emphasis on the recap, really, so that when I'm asking you, it comes straight to your mind. So, does anybody want to say what a definition of the kingdom of God is? Ruth's not allowed, she's not in the room at the minute, so that's good. A definition of the kingdom of God would be. What's your definition? Would you say, Elizabeth? Power and authority, rule and reign. So it's the kingdom of God is the authority and power or the rule and the reign of the King Jesus in and through the lives of his subjects. So that's what we want to be about. What's the mission or purpose of the kingdom? It is to empower the church, first the 12, then the 72, and now us. It's to destroy the works of Satan. And the reason that the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And why do we, the church, need to embrace the kingdom? Because we live in this present evil age and Satan is at loose. And we all know that. We all have hassle. We all have things happening. But God has graced us and empowered us to be able to live a testimony in this age. So we live in this present evil age and Satan's at loose. We need theology. So we need to know what we're talking about. And we need to be able to practice what we're talking about as well. And also be honest when we're missing it and saying, I know that I need to attend to that. Nothing wins people like authenticity, which is, do you know I struggle with that too? Come alongside me as we figure out how to do this better. We cannot fulfill our assignment without power. And I've talked about the power tools. Now you can get some with batteries. So you either remove the battery or remove the power source and it's completely useless. You've got to be plugged into the source. And then Andrew talked about worldview and honed particularly in on unbelief. So we want to get, that was terrible, I'm not even going to revisit it. We want to uh, get rid of unbelief wherever we may find it. And it's very, very subtle and we want to, to deal with that. It's a bit like a smiling assassin. And then last week we talked about the kingdom that is waiting to be found. And my children informed me that it was the best morning they'd had in church for a while. I think it was to do with the sweets that were hidden throughout the building. Hopefully you enjoyed them throughout the day. But the kingdom that's waiting to be found. And whenever we seek hard after God and we delight in him, he gives us the desires of our hearts. And when we seek first the kingdom, you get everything else in return. So it's a kingdom that's waiting to be found and to be found it has to be looked for. And being after the kingdom is like catching a scent. So no matter where you are, it's being uh, aware and having your radar up for the kingdom wherever you might find it. I was doing that on uh, Friday when I was at the wedding. Just in different conversations, it was like the kingdom's here. And little, little, little bits of shafts of light appear when you're talking to somebody else. Something else happens and you think that's the kingdom. So it's being on the hunt for the kingdom everywhere you go. And I commented that Jesus drew the frame around the kingdom for us to notice in a couple of different uh, passages of scripture. The widow's offering, he said, look, everybody's throwing in loads of money, but look, let me draw a frame around the widow's offering. And she gave in uh, more than anybody else because it was all she had. And then the faith of the centurion, he said, listen, you don't need to come under my roof, just give the word. And Jesus said, there's the kingdom right there. Okay. Today we're looking at the community of the kingdom. So obviously there is a community attached to being in the life of the kingdom of God. 
And let me read to you Acts 2, 42 to 47. It's probably a very familiar verse to you. If you want to read along with me, you can do that. So it's Acts 2, 42 to 47. So they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And it can become a bit like a hovisad, can't it? Oh, do you remember the days when they ate together with glad and sincere hearts and they sold everything that they had. And I'm thinking, that's fine for that, but don't bring it into where I am right now. We want to remove it from the Hovasad context, from the golden light and the perfection, and bring it into a vision of what the kingdom of God can look like in the church. We need to have a vision, and this verse is a snapshot of what it's like in the kingdom of God. If we don't have vision, talks about in Proverbs, then you throw off restraint or the people perish. But we cannot enter into what God has for us until we have something of a vision as to what it can look like. It's a bit like, I don't know if any of you have experience if you're uh, trying to create something in your home. You'll typically go to Pinterest. Am I right? Have we any got any Pinterest fans here? Come on, you know those Pinterest boards? I saw a card in the shop the other day, yes. I saw a card in the shop the other day that said, I hope that your wedding looks actually like what you have on Pinterest. Yeah, I thought that was pretty accurate. Pinterest gives you a vision of what things can look like. I'm trawling it for different ideas for paintings. You get an idea of how somebody else did it, and it opens up possibilities for how you can. This verse is a terrible to compare to. This is our Pinterest. This is what the kingdom of God can look like in the church. Devotion to teaching and fellowship. They were committed to both. Communion with Christ in the sacrament of breaking bread and also what it means to commune with Christ and to pray to him, to talk with him and have a relationship with him. They were filled with awe at the many signs and wonders, at the largeness and possibility of God flowing in the use of the power tools of the kingdom, words of knowledge, wisdom, prophetic words, healing, miracles, and often it's not separate, it's often they all come together in the same context. They were in unity and they sacrificed what they had so that others could have. Their needs were met. They were daily in worship in the presence of God. Now that doesn't mean obviously that we're all gathering here, but they were together in unity, worshiping and focusing and being intentional on worshiping God in their daily lives. They shared their lives and were nourished together. They ate together, they were nourished, they were authentic, they had gladness. What's gladness like? Just a overall, a pre do you ever get gladness sweeping over you? Sometimes you're thinking, I'm just really thankful that I have this car to drive. I'm really grateful. You know the way we, we can pray and say thank you to Jesus for our food, but there are moments where it feels like a gladness sweeps over us and we think, do you know, I'm really grateful for this. Or the people in our lives that we just either uh, embrace or tolerate, if we're being honest, at times there's a gladness that sweeps over us and we think, I'm so grateful for you. 
so grateful for what I get to wear or for where I get to eat or for just the context of my life or my work or whatever it might be. But their common experience was gladness. They enjoyed the favor of all the people. I thought that was really interesting. God, the word for favor in that context is God, it means literally a leaning towards. So if you have favor with someone, you really have their attention. So they're, they're just leaning towards you. So it means that for the unbelievers and those around them, God had granted them favor. The people were leaning towards them. So that should be something that we, we should, and it's right for us to expect as well. And they grew daily people with people coming to Jesus. We want to grow, don't we? We are still very sensitive to numbers. If a couple of people aren't here, then it feels smaller, doesn't it? If a couple more people come, it feels like, oh, it's a revival. But we want to grow. And part of the kingdom coming is that the Lord will add to our numbers. And please, God, let that be daily. Everything that happens in the kingdom happens because of Jesus and our yielding to his kingship. So we can be all about right how did they make this happen? Did they have this program that happened here? Were they cooking a particular type of food? What was it that they were doing that was causing this to happen? Well, the news flash is they were going after the kingdom of God. They were seeking first the king of the kingdom, and they were yielding themselves to the rule and the reign of the king in their lives. So we as leaders always want to be checking ourselves that what are we doing to yield ourselves to the rule and the reign of the king? Where is the kingdom and what's he about? It's not about comparison to others, although that's really easy to do, isn't it? Well, why can't we have what they have? We want to have what God has ordained for us. We cannot whip this up, nor can we make it happen. And we could try, but it would not work. The soul cannot create the activity of the spirit. Only the spirit of God connected to the spirit of man can uh, partner and create the spirit, the activity and the fruit of the spirit of God. So there's one point that I want to make. We've got to be intentional in resisting, giving the, the enemy the opportunity to condemn us through this. Because it's a bit like the love passage that, uh, that was read at uh, Alex and Molly's wedding. Love is patient. Love is kind. Do it doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It isn't proud. It isn't self-seeking. Always prioritizes the other. Always after the best, not the worst. Always perseveres. perseveres. It always trusts. It, it always is. And I said to everybody there, how many people think of the things that they are rubbish at doing in regard to love? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do. And I said, well, let me lift it off you. It's not about that. It's describing him. We cannot love like God unless we let him love us first. And we cannot have this reality of the kingdom of God unless we just yield ourselves right where we are to the rule and the reign of the king. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So this, uh, these verses in chapter 2 of Acts is a vision of what's possible when we seek first the kingdom of God and God adds all these things to us. This is not about who we are not. It's about where we're going. And we must, however, embrace conviction as well. We've got to resist condemnation. But if God is knocking on the door of your heart and you know that he is and you're tempted to deny it, but he is knocking on the door of your heart and he wants to say, listen, I'm not happy with what you're doing here. I'd like you to change that. 
or I'd like to invite you into what I have for you, then I encourage you to yield yourself to that because it's his kindness to you. Romans 2 verse 4 says, it's the kindness of God that leads you to repentance. And my personal experience would be that God has broken me more by his kindness than by any other uh, of man's sort of sternness or telling me off. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So let vision be stirred in you for where we're going, for what church can look like fully yielded to the rule and the reign of the king in us and as his subjects. So I want to give you a little snapshot about what we in DCB believe about relationships and community in the kingdom of God. And these are excerpts that are taken from our membership document. So we have an introduction to DCB, and then we have a membership document. And they have lots of information because we want you to know who we are. So here's the first one. We value the principle of the Father's house where the Father God loves us, builds his house among us and for us, and we're a community of spiritual fathers and mothers reproducing spiritual sons and daughters who succeed us, enlarging the house through their inheritance of sonship. Second Corinthians 6, 8 says, I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the, Lord's Almighty, says the Lord Almighty. So he's the father and we are sons and daughters of the king. Aren't we? And you can go, yes, we are. We want to know that and have that running through our veins. That means that you and I are royalty and we must treat each other as royalty. And we also get to experience the benefit of the wealth of the king. Okay? We being the family of God, one body in Jesus Christ, joined together as brothers and sisters forever. This is good. Intend to experience healthy, dynamic Christian community. And a healthy community looks like there are disagreements and difficulties, but we don't give up and we walk through them and we're stronger for it. Yes and amen? Yes, Colin, amen. That was me doing that just in case you all thought that I think that you've got a high-pitched voice. Ephesians 4.15, instead speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we want to work at having developing or developing real, transparent, intimate, enabling Christian relationships built on Christ's love. So we say where we're at, we're able to be honest. We lift the veil on what we're struggling with. We can also lift the veil on where we're having our victories as well. And we encourage one another. And when we do confrontational conversations, we're simply putting the difficulty on the table and it's a restorative conversation. And if it steps into accusation, we step out of that and we choose to be restorative. Sounds easy, doesn't it? And yet when you're in an argument, it's very, very easy to slip into the old patterns of behavior. But that's okay. We're going to work hard at having relationships where confrontation is healthy and it causes us to grow. So on Friday, I was telling you that I, I was honored to marry Alex and Molly. And uh, we talked about one of the things that I've mentioned here on Sunday mornings. And what I said, what, the prophetic word, the, the heart of the prophetic word to them was that God wants to bring about the fruit of persistent and committed and persevering love. So a love that won't give up and the fruit that that brings into life. So I talked a little bit about content versus, or context versus content. And none of us mentioned this before. So content is whatever's happening right now. 
It's whatever is going on. It's the circumstances, and they can be really, really good, or they can be really, really bad. Context is what always remains the same. I will always be my mom and dad's son. I am a child of God, and I'm loved by him. That is never going to change. Never, ever, ever. That's the context. When you're married, God has ordained that you're with that person. He is always going to fund and resource that relationship. So if there's struggle, that's the content. That's what's happening at the minute. The context is that he has brought you together. And the context always releases grace. So Alex and Molly are now married to each other. They are now called to love each other as long as they both shall live. And as I said, God will always fund and resource the relationship because it was his idea. This is his church. God is always going to fund and resource and empower his church. So if you're feeling that you're poor, if you're feeling that you don't have the resources that you need, whether they're emotional, whether they're physical, or whether they're spiritual, well, this was his idea. So we go, we feel that we don't have what we need. We need to adjust our position and we need to walk into his grace because this is his idea. And the kingdom has healthy relationships because the primary relationship with God is perfect and whole and complete. He is without sin. He is perfect. He's gentle and he's easy to be around. There's no awkwardness when he comes. The more that we seek first his kingdom and the king of the kingdom, the healthier our relationships will be because we're yielding to the rule and the reign of the king. And at times that you know that when you spend time with him, you remember there's that relationship that I need to attend to. Am I on my own with that? When you spend time with him, you tend to go, yes, I must have that conversation. Or you get reminded to encourage somebody or to say thank you to somebody for doing something. Or you remember you said you would do something you totally forgot. I find more often than not, God will go, do you remember you'd forgotten about that? Because he is healthy and whole. And as we connect with him, it then starts to flow from us, out from us to the relationships that are around us. And this has its application with unbelievers. The more that we actually come to them and say, listen, I didn't want to say anything to anybody else. I wanted to talk with you. When we had that conversation, I was struggling because I heard this. Can we talk about that? Oh, that might be a really new, profound way to do relationship for someone because they're just used to, well, you just complain about it and never deal with it and sweep it under the carpet. So there's a power in unity. Let me read to you Psalm 133. This is from the message. How wonderful, how beautiful when brothers and sisters get along. It's like costly anointing oil flowing down head and beard, flowing down Aaron's beard, flowing down the collar of his priestly robes. It's like the dew on Mount Hermon flowing down the slopes of Zion. Yes, that's where God commands the blessing and ordains eternal life. We want to be part of common unity, of community. And when we are together going after God, and we may have our differences. <laughs> it's not may. We do have our differences, don't we? You're all sitting looking blankly at me. We do have our differences, don't we? But as we go together towards him, we have a common unity, and God commands his blessing. 
when you and I objectively live from the context over living subjectively to the content, we live increasingly in authentic unity. And right there, God commands a blessing. Can I get the worship collective to come up now? So we will grow and enjoy the favor of all the people and the Lord will add to our number those who are being saved. And I appreciate that we're small. I've mentioned that a couple of times. That's okay, that's where we are. But we want to expect what God wants to give us, that we will grow and enjoy the favor of all the people and the Lord will add to our number those who are being saved. And unity, this is so important. Unity requires commitment. One commitment that facilitates every other commitment in our lives, and that commitment is to Him, that we will seek Him first, and we will allow and yield to Him the rule and His reign in His lives. So we live for an audience of one, and as we do that, we have power to do everything else. And when you know that the King, or you know the King, and that you know that you're loved by Him, you can share what you have with others without fear of being in lack. If I know that I'm going to be all right, that I don't need to worry about money, then I can be secure to release what I have and liquidate what I have so that it can refresh others, can't I? But if I'm really terrified of I'm not going to have enough, even if I have enough now, I have this fear of poverty coming on me, I'm not going to release that. So first of all, we need to know that we're loved and we are secure with Him. You can be transparent in relationship when you know that this is a secure place and this is a place where offense will not be accommodated. And if it is, we'll go after that and say, here we don't do that. We talk about that and we want to deal with our stuff because we speak the truth in love. A place where you receive teaching that edifies and matures you. They were committed and yielded to the apostles' teaching. So we want to commit ourselves and yield ourselves to leadership. So if you're being called to something, you go, okay, I'm called to that. And God flows through spiritual authority. A place where you receive teaching that edifies and matures you. A place where signs and wonders are present because God is present and those who lead know how to partner with him so that he's uninhibited and he has liberty to do what he wants to do. Mark 16, 20 says, Then the disciples went out and preached everywhere, and the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. All because God was there. Yes, it was all because it wasn't some magic formula. It wasn't Tim Horton's donuts or a particular brand of coffee. It wasn't because they said certain things. It was because of the presence of God and all because God is here. Can I invite you to stand with me? So as always, every time we have a message, we call you to respond. So I've got three questions to help you to do that, and then I'm gonna ask you to pop your masks on and come and join me at the front. So you, do you long to be part of a mature church flowing in the power of the Spirit? And then secondly, do you want to experience increasingly authentic and dynamic Christian relationships that are real, not super spiritual, that are real and the Spirit is present in? And do you want to yield yourself more fully to the rule and the reign of the King in your life? 
you can answer yes to any of these questions or you'd simply like to respond, then please come and join me now at the front. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.